Welcome to Family Law Talk. Family Law Talk. Presented by Kirk Stangy of Stangy Law Firm, PC. With offices in the Midwest. Stangy Law Firm is a family law firm. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stangy. Welcome to Family Law Talk. We have an exciting episode today. The title of the episode is Sending a Settlement Offer, and this is based on an article on our blog, FamilyLawHeadquarters.com. Uh, dated September 27th, 2020, and the title of that article is Why You Should Send a Settlement Offer. So as a follow-up to the episode today, go on over to FamilyLawHeadquarters.com and check out that article. It's definitely a good follow-up to the episode uh, of today. So let's go ahead and jump on into the episode. Again, the topic is sending a settlement offer. And look, most individuals going through a divorce or family law matter uh, want to settle their case. Most individuals don't want to have to go to trial. The reality is trials are expensive. And not only are trials expensive, but it puts the result of, of their case, of their family, in the hands of one family court judge. And the reality is most reasonable parties don't want to do this. They don't want to go into the courtroom and have one judge decide what's going to happen uh, for them and their family. Uh, so most individuals are looking to settle their case. Uh, most individuals uh, don't want to spend the time, the money, the emotional energy uh, going to court uh, in their case. But the reality and the question for many individuals is, uh, who should send that settlement offer? Uh, does it make sense uh, to send the settlement offer first? Or by sending a settlement offer first, does somehow this show weakness? Does this somehow show uh, that a party uh, is insecure about their case and they don't want to be in court, and so maybe it's a bad thing is, is sort of the argument that lots of individuals are worried about. And so some individuals are waiting for the other party uh, to provide a settlement offer. And look, sometimes that happens. Sometimes the other party does send a settlement offer, but in other instances it doesn't happen, and the case simply goes on a litigated path uh, where the parties end up doing discovery and depositions. They end up trying their case. And so the question again is, does it make sense to send that first settlement offer? And again, anybody going through a divorce or family law matter, you need to speak to an attorney who's licensed uh, to practice law in your jurisdiction. Obviously, they can advise a party about the pros and cons about their particular situation. But look, in a general sense, extending an olive branch and giving that first settlement offer, uh, it normally isn't a bad thing. Uh, it normally gets the conversation going. Uh, it shows that there's a willingness uh, to settle, to negotiate in good faith, uh, to try to reach uh, a resolution outside of court. So sending a settlement offer, and in particular sending the first settlement offer, in other words, being the person to do it first, that is not normally a bad thing. Um, in fact, it's a good thing. And what a lot of parties need to think about as well is that lots of divorce and family law matters go before a judge on what's called a pretrial conference. Uh, sometimes in other jurisdictions, it's called a settlement conference. And what lots of judges want to know is where are settlement negotiations at? Now, what is holding up the parties uh, from reaching an agreement outside of court? And, and truth be told, parties who step up, who swallow their pride, uh, who are willing uh, to put a settlement offer out there, they often look very good to a judge where on the flip end, a party who hasn't responded to a settlement offer, maybe hasn't given a settlement offer, or perhaps isn't being reasonable at all in terms of settlement offers, oftentimes look very bad uh, to a judge on the flip end. And, and while judges 
uh, at the end of the day are supposed to hear cases based on the evidence before them and they're supposed to tune all of this out and really not take into account settlement negotiations. Uh, the reality is that it can sort of creep in. And judges know who, who's being reasonable, who's attempting to reach a settlement in a lot of divorce and family law matters. And they know on the flip end who's being difficult, who hasn't even tried to engage in settlement nego negotiations. So at the end of the day, uh, giving a settlement offer, often very good, uh, not only in, in terms of legitimately wanting to settle the case, uh, but also uh, from the uh, perspective of the optics, optics to the court. And so, putting that settlement offer very good in, the, in uh, very good from that uh, vantage point as well. Now, the, uh, the other question is when can a settlement offer be sent? And that's a question lots of parties have as well. Uh, and the truth of the matter is, settlement offers need to be uh, informed. Uh, they need to be made after the parties have enough information to intelligently uh, give or provide a settlement offer. So, for most parties going through divorce or family law matter, it's not ideal to simply issue a settlement offer right away once the case has been filed. Now look, in some cases, maybe there are not a lot of assets. Maybe uh, the parties haven't been married very long. Maybe there aren't kids. So maybe it's very simple. And so maybe this is okay. Uh, but in the more complex cases, uh, the cases where there's kids and where the parties have been maybe married a while, uh, in a lot of these cases, it's really vital to have information necessary to provide informed settlements. So things like tax returns can be important. Uh, uh, statements regarding marital property and debt uh, can be important to have. So uh, real estate appraisals, uh, mortgage statements, uh, retirement account statements uh, and valuations, maybe bank account uh, information and valuations. If there's stocks or stock options, having this information can be really important. Uh, if there's business interest, knowing uh, what the business interest is, uh, the percentage, and what the value of that business interest is. And, and you can just go really down the path with this. But in regards to marital property and debt, uh, you want to have all this information in the general sense to your lawyer. That way, an informed and a meaningful settlement offer can be provided. Now, look, in some cases, uh, you might not have all the information. It might be uh, that your spouse, who's soon to be your ex-spouse, has the information. Uh, it could be a situation where maybe a third party has the information. Uh, so maybe the accountant has the tax returns or maybe information relating to corporate stock options uh, could be in the employment file uh, of, of one of the parties to the divorce. So you need to go to their employer to get this information uh, in other instances, it could be, you know, the business interest information might be held by somebody at the business, so you got to get this information. Um, so the reality is, look, setting a settlement offer uh, almost always a good thing. Uh, if you want to settle your case, it also looks good to the court that you're trying to be reasonable. Uh, but that last piece is really this, which is that uh, you want to send an informed settlement offer. You don't want it to be half-baked. Uh, you don't want it to be uh, a situation where you offer something uh, and it's not well thought out. And then maybe you try to take it back in the settlement negotiations. Uh, you don't want to do that at all. And so in most instances, uh, getting the information can be key. So for most parties, if you have the information, you want to get that to your attorney. That way uh, your attorney has an infor uh, enough information to advise you about the pros and cons of settlement and maybe what the parameters are. And then on the flip end, 
In other cases, you might need uh, to have your lawyer go to the other lawyer to try to get the information informally. Uh, if it can't be uh, received informally, then maybe discovery needs to be issued, requests for production, uh, interrogatories, and then really in other cases, if it's a third party that has the information, uh, subpoenas might need to be sent as well uh, to get the information. Um, but you know, having the information leads to an informed settlement and it leads to settlement um, at the end of the day that's well thought out and that parties don't regret entering into later. So again, sending the first settlement offer, not normally a bad thing. Uh, it looks good to the court, but again, have the information you need uh, to make an informed settlement and then sit down uh, with a lawyer who you've hired in your case to really go through the pros and the cons and the nuances to make sure that nothing uh, is left out. So again, uh, the episode today is sending a settlement offer. Uh, you can follow up by going on over to familylawheadquarters.com, uh, checking out the article titled Why You Should Send a Settlement Offer. The date of that article is September 27, 2020. So it was a follow-up to the episode today. Uh, go on over to Family Law Headquarters and check out that article. Uh, thanks, for tuning, thanks for tuning in today. Stay tuned to our next episode coming up on Family Law Talk. Thank you for listening to Family Law Talk with Kirk Stangy. Visit StangyLawFirm.com for more about today's topic or to put Stangy Law Firm to work for your family today. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri or Illinois reviews or approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The information you obtain on this podcast is not, nor is it intended to be legal advice. You should contact an attorney for advice regarding your individual situation. We invite you to contact us and welcome your calls, letters, and electronic mail. Contacting us does not create an attorney-client relationship. Please do not send any confidential information to us until such time as an attorney-client relationship has been established. And finally, past results afford no guarantee of future results, and every case is different and must be judged on its own merits. Kirk Stangy is responsible for the content. Principal Place of Business, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450, Clayton, Missouri, 63105.